Christmas. We are in a calm, quiet time of year. Right, about a calm as a pep rally, right? <laughs> uh, nothing calm about this time of year, it seems. It's a crazy, crazy time of year, busy, crazy. We can forget the heart of Christmas. So easy uh, to miss the heart of it all. Remarkably, there's a story in the Bible of a man who did just that. It's a story about a guy who things could have been so much different. One decision different. Just one alteration. Just one person a little more willing to open one more door and history would have had one more hero. Opened one door and life would have been changed and the future would have been changed. But the man did not open the door and because of that, we read the following. Luke 2, 6-7, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. It's the innkeeper. There's not much said about him. All we know is there's no room for the inn, but when there's an inn, there's an innkeeper, and we don't know much about this guy. We don't know what time of day it was. We don't know how big the inn was. What we do know is Joseph and Mary needed a place to stay, and the Son of God was turned away. But I want to ask a question this morning. Why? Was there no place to sleep? Why was Jesus turned away? What happened that night? I'd like to consider four reasons worth our consideration. One is this too crowded and most common reason. You see, sleepy Bethlehem became a boom town because of the census that brought everybody there. People everywhere. They're all over the place. The Son of God was looking for a place to come There was nowhere found. Could one more bed not really be found? Everything was taken. It's a a hotel owner's dream come true. But maybe you have trouble with this like I do. Imagine your house crowded. Family, grandkids, beds, couches, floors taken everywhere. The pregnant woman shows up with no place to stay. How many of you wouldn't give up your own bed? Makes me think there's more reasons going on here why the innkeeper did not open the door to this young couple. One reason it's too crowded, but maybe the hour's too late. Last candle been snuffed out. It's been a long day, been a mad rush, heavy demands, finally going to get some sleep. But then this young couple shows up. Innkeeper perhaps sneaks a peek, inch cracked door. Sorry, there's no room. He thinks as he returns, people paid for a good night's sleep. Plus, it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Maybe the hour's just too late. Maybe the situation's just too complicated. If I let this pregnant lady in, it could really upset things. She looks due at any moment. That means clean sheets, hot water, it's going to be noisy, might need to get a doctor, never know what's going to happen. And very complicated. Could change everything. So rather than get involved, the innkeeper wants to go to bed. Besides, I think there's one other reason. It's a very candid one. 
The couple's just too common to give special attention to. They look kind of haggard, hillbilly-like, dirty. Now, if it was King Joseph and Queen Mary, oh, that'd be different. But they look poor, only have a donkey. Reminds me of a man in Miami who was looking for a hotel room. He'd searched everywhere, and he could not find one. And finally, he said to uh, the owner of the one motel room, he said, you mean if the President of the United States came here, would you be able to find a room for him? He said, well, for the President of the United States, we would find a room. The man said, well, the President's not coming. Can I have his room? (laughs) You see, we make room for special people. This is just a common couple. It's a late hour. It's a complicated situation. So the innkeeper doesn't open the door and doesn't give them a room. Four reasons why Jesus was turned away. So where'd you find him? Fact is, really, not really in the Bible. I was thinking about us. You and me. I find these reasons as why people turn Jesus away. Why they don't open the door to him. So verse, Revelation 3.20 in the Bible, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. You see, Jesus still knocks on doors, but things haven't changed a lot. He knocks with soft and gentle hands, does not say he's going to come in and preach to you. No, it says he wants to come in and have a relationship with you and And just be with you. To enjoy each other's presence. To enjoy the peace and the grace that Jesus wants to bring. Jesus does the knocking and coming and we the hearing and the opening. You want to know something? You're an innkeeper. Aren't we all innkeepers? Aren't we all innkeepers of our own hearts? You are an innkeeper Of your heart. No one else's, not your heritage, not your parents, not your spouse. You are the innkeeper of your own heart. Do you know that? You see, if you want God in your heart, you need to open the door. If you want the presence and peace of God in your life, you need to open the door. And if you don't have it, it's because you haven't opened the door. You see, curiously, the same response back then by the innkeeper, our response is also today in regard to Jesus coming and knocking. It's too crowded. Our world, our lives, they're crowded. All these these time-saving devices, mechanisms are supposed to slow us down. Instead, it speeds up our lives as we try to squeeze more in. Deadlines, phone lines, fax lines, our worlds are very crowded. So Jesus knocks and we say, well, it's just too crowded. It's a story in Tacoma, Washington, newspaper a couple years ago is about Tattoo the Basset Hound. Tattoo didn't plan on going out for an evening walk, but somehow his leash got stuck in the car door. And when the owner drove off, Tattoo was on the run, just trying to keep up. Thankfully, a police officer saw it, pulled the couple over and probably saved Tattoo. And as he said to the 
the owner of the dog, he said, all I saw was, your, was tattoo your basset hound picking them up and putting them down as fast as he could. You ever feel like tattoo? Someone's got your leash and you're putting them up, <laughs> putting them down as fast as you can just to keep up. You see, we say it's too crowded in my life for you, God, I have no time. And then Jesus knocks and says, I'm here to simplify. We're here because we're stressed because we are trying to do things we were never intended to do. You and I were never intended to try to solve all the world's problems. Jesus wants to come and bring quietness to our lives. You see, life can be crowded when you're trying to earn your own salvation. Life can be crowded when you're trying to solve your own death. And so our lives are crowded. Jesus wants to bring peace into your life. So we, you and I, can cast all our cares on him. At times we tell Jesus it's just too crowded, and other times we say it's too late. Not at night, but in life. I'm too old to be effective, we say. Or I've made too many mistakes. You might think, what I have done is just too bad. It's too late for forgiveness. Jesus' message to you is it's never too late. God used Abraham, Moses, and Caleb late in the season of their life. Jonah ran, Jacob deceived, Elijah was depressed and exhausted, Peter denied, and Thomas doubted, and God never gave up on them. It was not too late for them. And it's not for you to open the door of your life to Jesus. At times we tell Christ it's too crowded, other times we might say it's too late, other times we just say, well, it's just too complicated. I'm on a career path. I got all these plans. You see, if Jesus comes into my life, things will change. It could get disruptive. He might reorder my steps. Things might get complicated. I might have to quit living with this other person. I might have to make other changes. And if you think this, you're right. Jesus does change things. You see, when he comes, he cleans Maybe you have a f- closet full of skeletons. Jesus says, let's deal with this once and for all. You don't need the bondage. And I don't want you to live with the guilt. Let's clean it up. And so Jesus comes alongside those who open the door and leads us at a different pace, at a different cadence. He will change our speech, our finances, our plans. He helps us all the way. So if you're concerned about Jesus coming to your heart and changing you, That's a valid thought, because he will. But far from complicating things, he will bring clarity. He'll bring a growing fulfillment, a peace that abides that's far deeper than anything you've ever experienced. You see, every victory begins with an interruption, like a knock on the door. Every good change comes with a recognition of the bad part of life. Growth comes when their alterations are made. Yet some people turn Jesus away because they fear their life will will get too complicated. How about this fourth excuse? It's just too common. Jesus in the Christian life is just too common and boring. I long for the spectacular. I see on TV and on YouTube all these great emotional experiences, and yet it seems if I open a door, it'll just be a little too common. We forget God shows up most often in those common moments 
You see, before he walked on water, he was born in a manger, a feeding trough. And because the moment was so common, that night in Bethlehem, so many missed it. Let's not make that same mistake this Christmas. Like today, Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. If you're honest with yourself, maybe you've never opened up and invited Christ into your life and trusted him as Savior. Some of you may have, but you've left him in the entryway. There's not a door Jesus does not want to come into. There's not a door in your life he's not knocking at. Jesus says, I'm knocking at the door of your bedroom. I want to come in and save your marriage. I'm knocking at the door of your office. I want to help you rearrange your finances. I want to help direct your career path. I have a great future for you. Jesus says, I'm knocking at the door of your kitchen. Come let me help order your day. Help you with your schedule and your priorities. Jesus says, I'm knocking on the door of your cellar. Those secret memories, those secret sins which have held you in bondage, I want to speak forgiveness to you and freedom from sin. There's not a door in your life he's not knocking at. And maybe you've never let him in the front door. Make sure this Christmas you do not turn Jesus away. Because you know something this morning the innkeeper did not know. And that is that Jesus is the one knocking. So be the innkeeper of your heart. Let Christ in the door of your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that you loved us so much to come to this earth. I thank you for your relentless love. I thank you for the way you gently knock at the doors of our life. You invite us to a much greater way of life. You invite us into the thrilling, overwhelming relationship with the living God made possible by you, Jesus, coming and dying for me, for us. Might you find us this Christmas opening and receiving not so much gifts under a tree, but the gift you have for us, starting with the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room right now who have not opened the door of their life to you, who have not trusted you as Savior, as Derek and Brittany have. You are invited this morning, if that's you, to do that. By simple prayer to ask Jesus Christ, the Savior, to come into your life, to save you, to clean you up and to go on a path, a journey of walking with him that is beyond anything you could imagine. And Lord, for those who sit here this morning who have opened the door of their life to you, but they've left you in the entryway, I pray this morning they'd respond, allowing you 
to be Lord over every area of their life, that there would be full surrender, that they too could experience the gifts you have for them this Christmas, like the gift of peace, of an overflowing love, gift of joy, unspeakable. So Lord, work in us. Remove the excuses. Help us to embrace you. We praise you this day for being such a loving Savior. Amen.